Alright everyone, it is a good day. I hope you guys have been riding the high as well as I have. Uh, we are going to change things up this week. I uh, It actually hurts me a little bit. For 30 weeks, I have consistently and religiously aired an episode on Mondays. Uh, first thing Monday mornings. Given the situation this week and all that's happening, uh, we wanted to get this episode out ahead of what's happening in Ottawa, um, and then we'll do a second episode this week, later in the week, after we've got more information, and we've seen how the weekend goes. Uh, but this one, we're, we're talking about what's happening. We're, we're going to have an armchair episode, and uh, we're talking about everything Freedom Truckers, Convoy 2020, um, and everything around it, and beneath it. So uh, let's crack one and uh, get into this Freedom Party. How's it going today? Oh, it's going good. Uh, I think, uh, like you were saying in the intro there, I have been feeling, uh, riding pretty high with the emotions of everything recently. Seeing the, uh, the convoy make its way through the country and the support that it's getting. I think, um, you know, I, I, I don't know where it's going to lead to, and we'll get into it, but I mean, off the hop, I think it's important to say that Regardless of what this does or doesn't lead to, it's it's been really uh, heartwarming to see Canadians sort of coming together in this way and like finally speaking up. Uh, I'm sure lots of Canadians have been feeling this way for a long time, but the fact that you can actually sort of really tangibly see the pushback now is is a really good feeling because I was. It's nice to know you're not alone. I was losing a bit of faith in... I knew that the, these Canadians were out there, but I was worried that they were going to forever stay silent. Yeah, it, uh, it's nice to know you're not alone. It's nice to see... It's nice to see that you're not crazy. Because, like, we all know there's plenty of us out there. We know we're not crazy. But, like, when you're left alone and, like... Yeah, we've got the echo chambers on social media. But it's not... It's not difficult to find yourself really questioning your own morality. And it's like, I'm, I feel firm in where I stand, but sometimes it can get lonely when you're, I, I mean, like I go into work and I'm surra- not just surrounded by people that don't think like me. I'm surrounded by people that like would happily have me lose my job. Yeah. The tolerant ones. Uh, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's true. Uh, it's, I, I don't think I've ever really sort of doubted whether I was, Right, like I mean, I would always kind of question myself regularly and be like, "Okay, am I am I being reasonable? Does this make sense?" And you know, I get that just because I feel something doesn't mean that it's it's ultimately true or right. But on a lot of this COVID stuff, at least for the last year uh, since the vaccines at least started rolling out, I've been fairly firm in my conviction that we need to end the lockdowns. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, again, like I've, I grew up a in a trucking family, um, which is wild because like I found out tonight that uh, half of my trucking family are against the truckers, which it broke a little piece of me. Hmm. It, it it killed a small part of that that childhood imagination. Um, but nonetheless, like I was trying to explain it to the, to people that were. That are against it because unfortunately there are some people that are straight up against this and 
some people seem the the ones I've talked to that are against it so far seem to think that it's strictly, hey, we want to change the rules on the border, and right. it's it was so difficult to try and explain that that's not the case. It's we we have collectively for it's, it's the headline right for two and a half years we have let the government have a, a copious amount of rope to to you know what they had to manage a situation that nobody really would have wanted to manage. Um, but two and a half years later, uh, we've got more data, we've got a variant that is probably going to end everything for us anyway, um, and people are saying, okay, the government, you, you've crossed the line, we let you cross the line, um, but now we have to get back to normal, and that means you have to get back in your pen. Um, unfortunately, the, the pigs don't want to go back in their pen willingly. Yeah, well, it's kind of like, uh, the one ring. You know, like Sauron's Sauron's got his emergency powers right. now, and you know, after all, why shouldn't he keep it? <laughs> you know, uh, maybe that's not uh, Sauron. I, I think that's almost too nice for Justin. I, wow. I don't. I don't think he would even pose it as a question. It is. I think it's almost dogmatic. He. Um, I've been really, really disgusted by the way with his rhetoric. Uh, since really the election cycle, I mean, even early on last spring when the vaccine was rolling out, he did seem to have a moderated view or, or at least, uh, his rhetoric about it was somewhat moderated in that we can't force people and, you know, nobody was in the government anyway, was, uh, publicly speaking about mandates or all these things. So, you know, I, if it had stuck at that, that would have been great. I, like many others, had no faith that that was going to be the case, and tr- sure enough, that's not the case. But by the time the election cycle rolled around, he really amped up his uh, rhetoric against the small fringe minority, as he says about uh, the unvaccinated and, and anti-vaxxers, which is not just unvaccinated people, but uh, nor are they actually anti-vaxxers. But while I know horrible things have been done to members of Canadian society throughout history, <clears throat> I'm not I'm not discounting any of those things. I just think that, to my knowledge, a prime minister has never so vocally spoken such vitriol against a huge portion of the population. Again, like, you know, we talk about native populations, the Japanese internment camps, those are all horrible things, really awful things, and, like, tangible things. But just the rhetoric alone, I can't think of another example. Well, and, like, as you say that, I think, and I have no contextual reference to the the Japanese internment camps. Historically, I know it. I I know what we did. I don't know what the speech was around it. Um, But when we talk about, like, the natives... And the residential schools, truth be told, that was sold in a positive light. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they weren't. So, they weren't so evil even, people. Even Papa like Trudeau, they, yeah, was not vilifying them publicly in in the language. He was acting as a friend, as if we were helping these people. Of course, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're dead right in saying that he probably has had some of. Again, I don't, I don't know the the speeches around the Japanese internment camps. But, uh, yeah, definitely top one or two of abhorrent speech. And it's funny you right. mention that, because I, I, yesterday I spent, man, like three hours emailing 
MPs and MPPs. Um, actually, if, if you're listening to this now and you're, and you're wondering if you should, yes, you should email your MPs and MPPs. Uh, I actually have a for, uh, template form in the LinkedIn, which is in the show notes. Uh, you can copy and paste and just send that off to any politician that lives near you or not. Uh, but it's it's due time people start condemning the, the things he said. Uh, he struck a chord with me when he... When he defined any, and, and as far as I'm concerned, any political dissidence, any thought that goes against his, his political dogma is now deemed, by his own words, unacceptable ideas. Unacceptable views, yeah. Um, and that, that is, <coughs> that to me is, I mean, I'm a country boy, those are fighting words. And I don't, I don't, this is not a call for violence, but like, if somebody who wasn't a politician spoke to me like that, we'd be talking about going out back by the snow pile behind the arena. Especially if they were presuming to have power over you. Right. Right. I mean, it's one thing if some Joe Blow whatever starts saying dumb stuff, you just walk away. But if it's somebody who's looking to exercise some sort of force upon you saying those types of things, yeah, you you better be ready to fight because that's what you're in. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, like, it's it's no... Again, I am very clear where I, I don't mix my religion and my politics for the most part um, because you can't impose your religious views on society. Right. Um, but you look at, like, the, the gay rights movement where the church wanted to impose their morality on society and they deemed that lifestyle to be unacceptable. It was it was repugnant then and it's repugnant now. It's it's not okay from a from a political or social standpoint to cast people out in such disparaging ways one of the one of the distinctions that i i see pushback from a lot of people uh when you say something like that or with or you know you you were talking about uh the gay community you could say the same thing if you made the analogy to race or something you know or discriminating against race a lot of people will push back and say listen um you you're not harming other people by being gay but to choose to be unvaccinated is directly harming others well those people i i get why they think that way the media has certainly led them to believe that but when i when i encounter that in my day-to-day life i do say don't take my word for it go to the ontario public health website and look at a per capita case rate for the unvaccinated versus the fully vaccinated. And you will see that for the last month and a half, the vac- fully vaccinated people have been catching COVID more per capita, per capita, than the unvaccinated. Well, so it, it just, it's not even true. It's, and it, it's... I get why they think that way because they're in their own echo chamber and but you know this whole idea of oh well you're not free to harm others by infecting them and all this stuff sorry first of all you kind of are because how can we govern a respiratory virus but two that's not even what's happening I think I think you're you're almost too generous. You're not wrong in anything you just said. Um, I, I also like the, the preprint study 
that's coming out soon, um, soon to be peer reviewed. It's it's indicating that it's a margin difference. I believe it's it's 0.5 persons per hundred thousand. I think the difference is like three people per hundred versus three and a half people per hundred. Um, but it there's a preprint showing that vaccinated are are showing to have more infection and be more likely to be hospitalized. Again, by a nominal difference. Right. Um, but the thing is with these stats, as we look <coughs> at them, the longer this goes on, the less unvaccinated people there are, the, the more recover from natural immunity. Right. And as you see vaccine failure, those numbers are going to get actually worse. Absolutely. I mean, you know, Ontario, and I want to be careful here and like, you know, because you can just look at a per capita basis and and draw the conclusion that way and for cases certainly you can just look at a per capita breakdown when you look at hospitalizations and i'm getting the devil they're due here when you look at hospitalizations and icus uh per capita right now in ontario unvaccinated are taking up a little bit more space and hospitalizations and per capita and considerably more space in the ICU per capita. But, and if you look at deaths right now in Ontario, even though Ontario is no longer reporting them, you can just do simple deduction here with the age range of people who are dying. The vast majority of people who are dying of COVID right now, and each one, you know, is, is a tragedy, dying with COVID, I should say, are fully vaccinated people. And that largely speaks not necessarily to vaccine failure, perhaps that, but more so that COVID just attacks elderly. And the elderly are fully vaccinated almost completely. And, I mean, it doesn't seem to be stopping people from dying. Right. And, and now bringing it back to to what you were saying about how people try and shame, like, like you're not free to, to injure somebody with being not vaccinated. <coughs> right. Um, when I said you were too generous, I, di I didn't quite touch on it. Um, but I, in that situation, I, I have tended to flip the script completely um, and, and highlight that by imposing these lockdowns, we know already, and like we have not even begun to tally the cost. It'll be decades. Um, but it is, it is, I can't prove it. It is not a substantial, a definitive claim, but uh, a reasonable balanced person would admit that it would likely stand to, to logic that the impositions we've done, the measures we've taken, have cost more lives in totality than the virus. Yeah, I mean, so there was some interesting stats can stuff, and I kind of, I haven't dove into it enough. I read an article about it, about the excess mortality in Canada. And I do kind of find the whole idea of excess mortality, the way it's being used, a little bit dubious because it's it's taking an expected value, which will have a margin of error, and, and sort of projecting it onto the next year. With an aging population, it should always be growing, but they're actually always... So they're always going to... There's always going to be an excess death with the way they average that value. But one of the, some of the interesting things that they pointed out in this article that I was reading is that for Stats Canada, the excess deaths were uh, some tens of thousands. I think it was 20,000, which leads to be 
somewhere around 5% excess death in 2021. Uh, or sorry, it was it was a uh, it wasn't just in 2021. I think it was a uh, April to April type thing. Uh, so April 2020 to April 2021. And they what the interesting thing was that they found that half of that excess deaths occurred in people under the age of 40. So and we know that COVID isn't accounting for those excess deaths in people under the age of 40. So where is it coming from? Is it suicides is it drug overdoses is it, i mean it's a combination of all of those things but you know we are harming younger generations to theoretically and i only say theoretically postpone the elderly from dying yep and and we have again we haven't even seen the trickle out effects from delayed surgeries delayed screenings uh all of it and like the Kids' education abuse and everything, and and developmental damage we've done to Absolutely, children by, yeah. by closing schools indefinitely. I saw one statistic, and I'm not citing this as as gospel, but it's it's showing an, a drop of IQ by about 20 points on average for your developmental range. That's okay. So 20 points is massive. Yes, yeah. that's more than a standard deviation. Well, um, I believe from the article, it it was basically the difference of. High school diploma versus university diploma, or which, degree, which is at least a standard deviation. Yeah, so that that could be. I mean, I, I I know you're not saying that that's gospel, but you know, either way, there's certainly an impact on people's development, young kids in particular. Um, it's going to take decades to understand the, the the cost that we've yeah. inflicted. Well, and this this is where I'm not sure we touched on this the last time. Uh, we certainly have offline. And you kind of moderated my position because I'm frankly of the opinion that if you haven't come around to being against the lockdowns now, you should never, you should never not be reminded when, when we find out the toll of the lockdowns, and it will take years, you should always be reminded by the people in your life that this was on you partially yes you and many others but on you now you kind of moderated my opinion my my, really my like, position and just said really like the end of this this discussion okay well i remember you told me for now at least strategically we need to welcome anybody and everybody with welcome with open arms because you know we need more people on our side we are still the minority who are pushing against this but when all of this lifts, yep, I am gonna definitely remind people. And if it's ten years from now, and I'm still reminding the people in my life that oh, they I'm supported be 80 this in a rocking chair. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, and they might say, "Oh well, that you you know, let it go, let it go." No, for two years, you guys have done this, and I say you guys because the only reason our politicians have been able to do all this is because. They knew that they had the support of people like you. Well, and and the problem is we f we find ourselves basically in we're not we're in a mob rule situation yeah. where the rule of law is done. Polling really rules d policy at this point. Yes. Um. And let's be honest, the majority of the population doesn't have the depth mentally or the understanding of multifaceted issues to thoroughly 
weigh the... This is why we have people in office. This is why they have advisors to thoroughly and carefully weigh out every cost and risk benefit. They're happy to offload the decision-making faculties... To CTV polling. Exactly. Which are manufacturing consent in real time. Yeah. All the time. But to bring it back, I, I'm definitely going to... I'm going to end the show touching on that topic. I, I, want, I have a task on, on how we influence society going forward. Because um, it's, it's time we start to act. It's time we start to take action and say enough is enough. And I don't, I don't just mean that when it's convenient, but always. Anyway, we're going to end with that. Bringing it back to the trucker protest. Right. I cannot... I haven't felt this Canadian since the tragic Humboldt Broncos. Hmm. When the whole country felt glued together. Didn't matter if you liked hockey. Didn't matter. You were Canadian and this is what we circled around. Yeah. Um, and though I know there are some people in this country that, that are not on board with this, it is a... <laughs> to cite Trudeau, it is a fringe minority <laughs> that are not okay with this right now. It's grassroots. We are... This is a populist movement at this point. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated, unvaccinated, uh, left-wing, right-wing, this... Jagmeet Singh's brother-in-law donated 13 grand to this. And then, not only did it cost him 13 grand, now he's shit all over Jagmeet's campaign issues. He's created a whole storm for it. This is bipartisan. And unfortunately, people like Jagmeet, people like um, O'Toole... They're not capitalizing on a, on a chance to unify. No. Um, but nonetheless, we are. Without the help from politicians, we are unifying. We can't rely on the opposition leaders. Um, it is nice to see MPs, individual MPs, stepping up. Uh, Pierre Polyev uh, is great to see come around. I will probably always hold it against him that he didn't speak up sooner. But, you know, you can talk the strategic... Value I, think that guy, that. I think that guy has tact. I agree. I would have liked to see him jump ship, honestly. But, but he also would have been... He has tact. He would have been sidelined and, and right ineffective. I think a, a sleeping lion in the weight is Leslie Lewis. Um, people don't really understand. She literally should have, if, if it was a voting calculation method in which she lost the leadership. She very, very narrowly, quote-unquote, lost the convention. Yeah, she finished third, right? Right, but because of the ranked ballots, she came a lot closer than just that. Right. Um, but she's been kind of lying in the way. She she's, was, she was she's my a, hope for that. She's, she was my... She still is my racehorse. Um, I love Pierre, and I would vote for him in a heartbeat because I think it's pragmatic. He would win. Um, but Leslie Lewis has been rock-solid nonstop. She is not only a doctor, she's also a lawyer. And a damn decent person. Um, Seems to be, yeah. She has been outspoken about the mandates and lockdowns from day one. From a medical and ethic point. Um, she has not been quiet with this. She's she's very pro-trucker rally. Uh, she, she's I haven't out. seen I haven't seen stuff from her recently, but yeah, I mean, I don't doubt it. They I, don't I do publish her. her. They, don't, they don't give her the platform she deserves. E even on Twitter, though, I don't see her You have to look enough. her. She has posted. Because I, I have her on Twitter. Yeah. I just haven't seen her post. She has posted on, on Twitter, um, speaking out consciously against it and in favor of the truckers. Yeah. Um, I think she's a tiger in the weight. Um, I do think if Polyev steps up, she would kindly take second chair. 
I don't Perhaps, think yeah. I don't I think she's I think she would be okay with a leader if it meant they could actually win versus right. her taking a roll of dice and probably right. she winning. doesn't seem to have a uh, god complex no, of any kind. No, no, and I think I think she would happily take second chair to somebody she respected. Right. Whereas somebody like O'Toole clearly doesn't deserve it. I mean, that guy's just a waste of air. I think um, he knows it too. I really think his days are numbered. Yeah. I mean, I I don't I I don't know why he wouldn't take advantage of this. I get he's probably seeing some internal polling that shows that, you know, support for lockdowns and vaccine mandates are still fairly high. They're going to see what that this internal is, polling this is looks gonna, like real soon. Yeah, the thing is is that this is going to be a building thing and well, it's to gone not viral. get it, to not get ahead of it. It's gone viral. It shows now. a lack of strategy on right. his point. I've never liked him. I would probably never come around to him, even if he came out in support of it. I mean, I would take he the has. support. He has today, as of a couple hours ago, he came out and said he's going to meet with him and try and propose policy to to bridge the gap. But I mean, he'll start every single conversation with. But you should get vaccinated. Yeah, and you know what? I it's I'm not saying that you shouldn't say that because, you know, some people maybe should. <laughs> but I agree with that. Um, realistically there's some people based on the stuff that's going around, uh, yeah, there's some people that should already have four. Um, if you're generally <laughs> vulnerable, uh, oh, these things aren't lasting like they said it would. Yeah. I mean I guess. I guess. But I think the I think he sealed his fate in taking as long as he did to react. Um, you had truckers come from BC. It wasn't till they hit Toronto that he decided, okay, we'll talk. Right. Um, he's too slow on the jump, and honestly, this this convoy has gone viral. Well, you- and frankly, if you're just if you're just flipping now to ride the coattails, I don't have much respect for you. So we're we're in a world right now where Joe Rogan, Elon <laughs> Musk. And Jordan Peterson are all all commenting on the trucker convoy. Yeah, this yeah. isn't just Canadian news; it's international. Well, okay, so let you know we talked around about some of the politics of it. Let's kind of talk about the logistics and some of the hype around it because I do. I personally think that while I think it's a huge movement and that it's it is going to have a big impact physically in Ottawa, I worry just somewhat that it's it's been somewhat overhyped and i know you don't necessarily agree in but i i think that you know some of the numbers that have been put out there of i think it was theo flurry was on uh fox news the other day and he was saying you know fifty thousand truckers which is being quoted everywhere right now and uh 1.4 million people listen i know it's a lot of people and i know it's a lot of trucks I don't know, uh, and I, I think that there's a lot of people who have participated for some stretch who aren't going the full distance. I know there's a lot who are. So maybe in total there would have been 50,000 trucks, but I think if you get 10,000 trucks in Ottawa, that's huge. Don't get me wrong. It's a massive. But it's going to give everybody that, the, the people, the naysayers, the ability to go, oh, you you said 50,000 trucks, you didn't even get a fifth of that, you know. I genuinely, based on what I've seen, uh, I genuinely, and, and I am cautiously optimistic, because I do worry that if the hype doesn't meet reality, or reality doesn't meet the hype, sorry, yeah. Uh, then, yeah, you're very right, it will be very deflating. Um, 
but the numbers I'm seeing and and the reports and pictures I'm seeing, uh, South Carolina sent eighteen thousand trucks. And, really? And, and yeah. there was pictures to go with it. Are they getting across the border? Yeah, I, they... I saw pictures yesterday, and that's very pertinent. Uh, so I saw pictures yesterday firsthand from truckers on the ground um, where the Peace Bridge was backed up five lanes wide and as far as you could see. Right. Um, that being said, uh, that is not an easy thing to verify. Uh, right. Well, I mean... They're How much hiding. of that is just traditional traffic? How much of that? Is, and well, this and I is wanna, very not. I, I want to. I want to preface because I am starting to voice some doubts about the hype. I'm not taking away from the spirit or the intention because I think it's it's huge, regardless of what ends up materializing. With you see you see the amount of people who have come out from rural communities all across the country from the cities now we're seeing that today in particular it's it's a huge movement with a lot of support well they're definitely scared uh, like they're so scared that Justin Trudeau is now in hiding uh, <laughs> yeah he's, and, he's and close I just, contact I just want to be clear that we saw on his Twitter January 4th he got a booster shot yes so even on on the three dose, quote unquote, fully vaccinated, he fits. He is two weeks post third dose. Yes. In Ontario, two doses is fully vaccinated. So we can safely, quantifiably say he is fully vaccinated. And boosted. Yep. And boosted. <clears throat> the Ontario health precautions, if you are a close contact who's you not You don't relieved, need to isolate. You don't need to isolate. No. It is a absolute cop-out. And it's a cheap one at that. Yeah. <clears throat> he uh, he is just hiding, and it's it's hilarious. It actually gives that gave me the most hope because it really indicated it was the f- like he talks a big game, and, and I worry that he means what he says. Oh, I I mean, but he's a political creature, and would say I think where, where he's going where he thinks he has the support, but yeah, he will follow through. Right, I, and I think right now what he's saying, <clears throat> I think this is his natural habitat. I think he really enjoys being the way this is currently shaping. Um, but when you see him pull a move, like I'm going into hiding, uh, it really gives an indication that, okay, like, this isn't going well for him. Well, he's not He's not willing to engage. He's, he's not, he's not going to have some headline where he's, you know, challenged to his face. Well, just like that global news interview when he was pushed in, during the election season where the reporter refused to talk about the pandemic or the economy and just held him to the fire about... Uh, I'll actually post this link in the in the show notes where he was held to the fire over his native relations. Oh, yeah. And he lost it. He's like, w- what, the interview's done? We didn't talk about anything good for me. Okay. And, I and she held him to the one. fire. She's like, no, the people around here want to know this. Yeah. I'm reporting for them. And it was it was the rare occasion where he was actually put, and and how he reacted is very indicative of like what you're saying is he he wants to avoid those situations. Yeah. No. He. Uh, you know the liberals in this country are very used to having, if not, um, sort of very in your face like open support, tacit support from the media particularly the state media um and you know it and he has had that he has had that pretty much in full i you you've maybe started to see some cracks in that 
uh, recently, but not much, to be honest. Right, and and you see how he was at the debates with Rebel News, where he literally he felt the gall to just say, "I'm not answering your question." Right. Well, did th- which debates did they actually get into? Because I, to be honest, this I did not the watch ones the debates. Quebec. I'm not okay. So they had because uh, I, I know they they banned Rebel News from a bunch of. So other they got ones. a court injunction for those. Right. Uh, and they forced in, and because they were forced in, they they were allowed to ask a question and a follow up. Um, I believe the reporter was Alexandria or Alexandra. Okay. Uh, for Rebel News, and she asked a a fairly. It wasn't like I'm gonna light you on fire. Like it was, it was a pressing question, but it wasn't abhorrent. Right. Uh, and he literally s- laughed at her and said, "I'm not gonna answer you." Yeah. Uh, he doesn't do well under pressure and under under unfavorable conditions. Well, one of the problems is is he's not put in those unfavorable conditions because you would think that in a debate, you know, if he's asked a question like that and he just refuses to answer, some of the opposition leaders might say, "Hey." Hey, no, no, no! You need to, you need to answer that question. Aaron O'Toole should have been that guy, but he's got no spine, no. so he didn't, he wouldn't do that type of thing. Again, I'm not, I didn't see this particular uh, debate, but you know, Aaron O'Toole is not, is not the guy to lead the conservatives. And he, he'd make a really good liberal, honestly. Abs- absolutely. I mean, I and I don't even say that like begrudgingly. I he would he could replace Justin in he, the Liberal Party. He would have been a good Liberal, Moderate. probably ten years ago. You know the, what the Liberal Party was yeah. ten years ago. Um, but that's you know that's not where we're at anymore. And now we have conservative leader after conservative leader who's simply trying to appease rather than stand up for what they believe in. Well, yeah, and I'm at the point where, like, bring on some, like, regression. Let's go backwards a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, at the very least, at the very least, vocalize support for the people who would like that. Yeah. And and you don't need to necessarily push through policy that's regressive. Not not on a social level, anyway, because I don't, there's not a whole lot of bad policy out there. I mean, there's some of the C... Well, the the latest conversion C sixteen yeah. or whatever, yeah, stuff like that. Because I mean, it, it's not the thing is they'll label it a conversion bill, right? And when we we think of like shock therapy and all these things, and it's like, you no, know, how that gets applied is the problem, right? Because now you're talking talking about like parents who can't tell their thirteen year old, listen, you actually are a boy, you're not a girl, right? You know, we're gonna take you to get some help, right? Anyway, let's let's not get sidetracked yeah, yeah. off of the uh, topic at hand. But yeah, no, I mean we we do have a, a dearth of uh, of good leaders in this country. Yeah, and I think I think the next couple years are going to be. I think we are very close to another federal election, and I'm just going to say I think what we see is is basically saber rattling within the conservative party. I think in the next little right bit, now. Yeah. yeah. I think in the next little bit, you're going to see a, well, Alberta. There's there's a riding association in Alberta that has published that has filed a motion to expedite the leadership review. Right. Um, which he's already what is it supposed for. to happen. I think it's April, spring. I think oh, yeah. it's spring. Um, but they want it done now, and they, their their citation for why was an imminent election is expected. Um, and I don't think that's unreasonable. Um, speaking of Trudeau's 
fringe minority, uh, it would just behoove him to understand that he is the least popular prime minister in Canadian history. Uh, he's currently polling, a thir- as of yesterday, his national approval rating was 34%. Yeah. Um, I would reckon, based on some of these CTV polls, and certainly they're not necessarily accurate, uh, it would seem that more people support the truckers than support Trudeau. I, w- I would have... Yeah. So they, in- I, I would bet it's it's probably still a minority... Oh, yeah. but, but a like, large, the large minority. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think <clears throat> I think more realistically, him applying fringe minority would be to people that support him. Right, and even more so. In, what did he get? Thirty-two point something of something the vote. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, even more than that, I think if if you offer liberals a option between him or another leader, I think you dwindle him to an even more obscure minority. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think that people do. We, do uh, listen, I I would probably on a blind bet easily take anybody from inside the Liberal Party over him. But you know, I, is a Christian Freeland who's probably well, the I next think highest. People like Peter Fragastakos, who's who's a liberal I genuinely respect. He's a decent man. Uh, we share different values, but he he stands by what he stands by. It might have been him. Though that was going on and on about these anti-vaxxers the other day, though. Really? Yeah, you know what? I don't want to. I know Deluca. I'll, I'll follow up on that. I know Deluca is saying a, he wants a third dose. Case. Yeah, but uh, no, I'm pretty sure it was Peter uh, Fragger or whatever. He, I'm pretty sure it was him. It was definitely a London. That would be liberal, disappointing to me. Liberal Party member, MP or MPP, definitely big name. That would be disappointing to me because I kind of view him as the the whole the standout where let, you can let, have. Let me follow values. up on that. It, it might not have been him. It might have been um, somebody else. Don't but, ruin him for me. Because <laughs> well, I, I will. I do. I do I respect. Probably will if that's what he was at saying. At least up until this changes, I, I respected the man because he he shared values different than me, um, but he still was a decent community advocate um, in the sense that I, I use him as an example where our election system is very broken in the sense that just because I don't want Trudeau doesn't mean the conservative rep in my area would be better, right? So you're, you're kind of stuck choosing which donkey you want. Do you want your local one to support you, or do you want the leader to lead the country? Well, and that's that's sometimes the question. Sometimes you don't like any of the leaders, so you go, oh, well, this, this local person's good. And that that's not a bad thing to have but particularly in a whipped party system oh, it doesn't it doesn't that's a whole oh, episode. it doesn't help yeah that's a whole episode um but the trucker convoy what are the risks like what's the how do you see it playing out myself i have two paths i see possible what do you what do you got so a couple things um simple logistics you're gonna have a large number of vehicles and people entering ottawa for anyone who hasn't into Ottawa, it's a bit of a cluster f to get into that city from the major highways. It kind of it gets very um, congested. So my hope, and it does seem like they're planning ahead, you know, clearing the routes and and making. Uh, I believe they are working with the RCMP to, yes. to try and facilitate it. So he, let's say they all get in 
properly. I hope they start. I know some of them are entering already, but I, I, I hope that the main bulk of them start entering tomorrow. Because if they are aiming to enter, say, Saturday morning, good luck. We'll see you Sunday night. So they, they should start entering en masse tomorrow. I don't know what their access is going to be like as far as getting into the city. That's another thing about Ottawa. It's it, There's a lot of one-way streets. It's a lot of bus traffic. A lot of buses in Ottawa. Like you, You'll see 16 buses lined up in a row going down one, one road. So anyway, how they get into the area, I'm not sure. Where, where do they go? I don't know. But let's say they all get in and they kind of get around Parliament Hill. Well, then I hope they just stay just sit in. And, you know, hopefully these funds are fully cleared from the GoFundMe. Um, it's, there's conflicting reports about whether GoFundMe is freezing that account or pending some paperwork. Or I think the organizers are saying that it's not frozen. From what I've heard, my, my reports, and I, I'm in the radio chat, um, from what I've heard, it is not frozen. Uh, it was never suspended. That was that was just fake yeah. It was news. never suspended. Yeah. Um. There's there's a possibility it was frozen. I'm I'm hearing it's currently not frozen, um. And it is being administered by a lawyer and an accountant. Yeah. Um, there's. I think it was out of Saskatchewan. Yeah. They had some bank that. Was they are not cutting party, gas checks. Third party yet. bank. Yeah. They're not cutting gas checks yet, but they have cut checks for some of the administration stuff. Yeah. Um. I know some places they've had to facilitate police, um. And some of that comes out of pocket. Yeah. So from what I know, they do have access and it is being managed. GoFundMe has has kind of said that we are working with a, a team. So from the funds standpoint, not only is it massive, um, but it does look like it's in place. Okay. So let's we're talking best case scenario. They get in, they get situated in the city, the funds are available. Hopefully, and you know I'm not there, so I'm not. I, I'm not judging God, anybody want, who I gets there. Be. I know, I know. I'm not judging anybody who gets there and then can only stay the weekend and has to leave. You know, you got your nine to five. I get it. Uh, but if you're able to, and if you can, and if you're able to be supported through the accommodations through this funding, sit in the city and do not move. Make shut shut it down. I don't. And, I don't think we have to wait for. I personally don't think it'll take. To Monday to see response, one way or another. What kind of response? No, that's that's the thing. So the way I see it, this is going one of two ways, and I think on the outset it is imperative to say, um, I understand people's frustrations. Uh, I understand people's proclivity to to sometimes get out of hand, especially when you get into a mob mentality. Yeah. Um, but as we see the shift in our favor, uh, it is so so important to not. Let your emotions get a hold of you. P's and Q's. Yeah, do not get violent. Do not get disrespectful. We have the power at this point. The the ball is in our court. Um, so it is so critical. As you're building the public support, you cannot lose it by well, doing something stupid. Well, just look at Black stupid. Lives Matter and how quickly they lost support when it got violent. Right. So, and, and here's the thing, I mean... Uh, I, I certainly think the risk for violence... Is there? I I don't. I would hesitate to put any sort of number on it, uh, but I think the risk is there, and I get it. It is understandable. Your lives have been our lives have been hijacked for two years now, and 
frankly, for a lot of us, it doesn't seem like there's any end in sight. Um, however, I also think there's another risk that comes, which is sort of the agent provocateur uh, avenue, where you know it'd be very easy to plant some people in these crowds to sort of stir up the crowd and get them, get that mob mentality well, going, and sort of play right into the government's hands. Yeah, I don't even th- like. I don't discount. I see it as we have a fifty-fifty shot of this going good or bad. Bad being violent or or problematic in that sense, and I there is a serious possibility. You see the states doing it where they have planted agents uh, and have encouraged... Or it very much seems that way. Well, not even. Like, I'm not necessarily referring to go- the January 6th. You look at the Governor Whitner situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Or yeah, active yeah. duty. Yeah, yeah. They had, like, six FBI agents and two suspects. Yeah, and the yeah, FBI yeah, yeah. agents were, were the, the ones main who pushers. encouraged it. Yeah, absolutely. So, I certainly think there's a possibility where you could see a agent of sorts um, tip tip the boat that way. Um, but it doesn't... It, it doesn't even have to be that way. You have people in this country that just want to see it burn. Oh, of course. We have and Antifa. I understand that mentality. We have Antifa. We have other terroristic type groups from um, all sides, from left all sides. and right. Yeah. Let's, like, let's be fair here. There it. And then you've got you've got forum provocateurs. Even yeah. You could have you could have CCP influenced people. Yeah. Um, come out of Trudeau's cabin and start something. Yeah. So I think there's a real risk of of problem here. Um, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be there. So if anybody is listening, if anybody's there, I, maybe there's not enough people here, but if there's anybody there who's going to be involved in this sit-in or protest, whatever it ends up being, please, if you see people starting to get out of hand, do what you can to self-govern them. Absolutely. And moderate the people around you. Listen to them. But don't let things get out of hand because it will destroy everything that you've worked for. Think of all of the thousands of Canadians who have lined the highways, young kids, everything. They're looking to you guys. you got to set an example. I understand the, the fury. I think after seeing January 6th, I think everyone who's, who's abreast of this, they're, they're in that echo chamber, so they've seen it. And I think because of that, we are more sensitive. And I think... I think there's a real shot that it, we avoid it. Um, I hope so. Everyone kind of understands what's on the line here. But the other thing is, and again, I've said this before, uh, I made some social media posts about it, um, but Trudeau had a chance to de-escalate this in a, in a way that didn't lose him face. Uh, if he would have taken a small L, lifted the border restrictions, and let them use Biden's as an excuse before the truckers got there, he could have de-escalated this. Instead... Because he can't, he can't take an L. He's too narcissistic. Yeah. Um, so I see violence being one problem, and then them using it to justify terrible things. Like, that will insert martial law. Um, I also worry that if Trudeau can't be practical and have conversation and compromise, I worry that he goes authoritarian. And he says, hey, these people are terrorists without them doing anything. And then he goes too far. And that, to me, is okay. We're good with that. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to see anybody get hurt, but at no. the same time, if you see the state Start overstep, yeah, overstep, everyone will see it. That's absolutely true. Um, I, you know, I know Bernier is going to be there. 
Um, he wants to get arrested. Some, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he yeah. wants to get arrested. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what, and that's, I mean, I kind of want him to get arrested. I do. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, no, I, wish, I wish the best of luck and health no, and happiness to him. He wants it. I want it for I, him. I know, I know. But totally, because at this point, listen, I will take any form of these restrictions and mandates being removed. But there's a good part of me that wants the people enforcing them to go down in flames. And I'm talking rhetorically, not not like, uh, you know, literally. But, you know, I want them to overstep and then just there to be a mass uprising against them. Well, that's the thing. If they overstep, they're stepping in it. Right. They're going to step on that <laughs> bag of fiery poop. I want it to be clear to everybody bag, who's been on the yeah. bubble about whether the how bad is it? Are they really going authoritarian to see? Well, it'll but be unavoidable. You know what? If, if if they ease it off quickly, but it, but if they get rid of everything in an amiable fashion, I'll take that too. Yeah, I I think the best outcome would be this is our schedule. We have 6 weeks and this is our plan each each week of the week. Yeah. Um and lift up. I don't know if you'll see it. I don't see Trudeau as the type to be able to take that. I don't think he does compromise. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I think also, and this is me being... I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic. I, I have to check my emotions to not get too ahead of myself. Right. And set expectations too high. Right. But, if these numbers come true, if we see multiple tens of thousands of trucks from the states we see 50,000 or more trucks that came across the west east south if this goes as big as it could i don't see how he's employed next week (laughs) i don't know i know what you mean i mean and and this is just one of those things like you were saying you don't want to get ahead of your skis and i i tend to agree because you know if we're expecting it to be that and it turns out, listen, it's actually 10,000 vehicles and it's 100,000 people. I'm That's fairly... still really good. And we should remember of remember all the people who line the highways. So I'm confident that. my numbers, <clears throat> my baseline here, and, and I might have to eat crow. I'll put it out there. My baseline is you're going to see half a million people. And I think you are going to see 50,000 trucks minimum. Well, then here's another thing. Is so, do you mean semis, or do you mean all of the vehicles that are no? Uh, I I mean fifty thousand rigs. rigs. They might not all be hauling trailers. Some of these no, are most of them are not hauling um, trailers. I've seen, but I think I think you are going to see fifty thousand rigs, um, and I think you're going to see a minimum a minimum of half a million people. You look at Toronto, uh, which is a bigger city population than than Ottawa. Yeah, considerably. Um, yeah, but they had multiple. Like over a hundred thousand people came to protest last weekend, so yeah. you've, you've got a native population in Ottawa that's also going to come out to this. Yeah. So I think I think half a million people is a reasonable target. I think it's probably going to be a multitude more than that. Well, I hope so. Not to mention Toronto and London, huge city centers are within driving distance of Ottawa. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very very urged to go. If I didn't have family obligations, I would be. Right. Um, so and like you've got a hundred thousand people or more in Toronto that protest. It's not that far from Toronto to Ottawa. That's true. So I th- I think you will see the numbers. Um, the trucks. That's a question. I don't know. It's a very lot in the air, and we're seeing that you're not able to get accurate information because 
we've got video cameras on the 401 that are shut down. Right. Uh, we've got bridge cameras that don't actually match what they should. Um, I know some of the cameras on the uh, Trans-Canada Highway, uh, they're showing snowy roads when they haven't had snow in a week. So there's a lot of fishy stuff going on trying to take some of the steam out of it. And I don't want to oversell it. But I do think that if we get, if we get close to what we're being told might happen, I don't know. Because there's going to come a point where the Liberal Party has to self-sacrifice to save their own face. Because Justin Trudeau might be the head of the snake for now, but there is a body behind him. Oh, absolutely. And that body, at a certain point, will do what it needs to to survive itself. So he's actually facing it from both sides in the sense that he's facing the public, who, at this point, wouldn't mind seeing him stalked <clears throat> and barreled. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the party side, who are watching him get the lowest approval ratings and drive this mess off a cliff and almost ensure that for the next eight years, they won't have a liberal leadership. Well, so this is why it's really important for everybody to remain on his best behavior as possible, to not give him any sort of moral high ground, which he's certainly going to be reaching for the whole time. And he's got the help of <clears throat> all media. Right. So he doesn't even have to set it up as, as best he could. Right, no, he doesn't need... He's got all that backing. So, again, best behavior is really important. And and then you got to think about, okay, so what do you actually do? Certainly, you, you, I think it's a sit-in protest, essentially. And clog up the city. And don't get me wrong, you it's, it's going to make life difficult for people. I think that plays into his hand. Well... Because what happens if you get a... Imagine this. CTV News, CBC News, image... One or two ambulances can't get somewhere. God forbid somebody dies from it. Um, and don't get me wrong, I think th these protesters have been very conscious of this. I mean, we've got reports of this thing being up to 500 kilometers long. So they are not, by the time they get there, they are not not well versed in tr behaving in a way that is conducive. Like, they're not using all the highway, they're leaving a lane. Um, so they're not unaware of it. And yeah, I, I, the look, you guys can't see the look. 500 kilometers. Let me justify that. So as it was coming into Ontario, reports were showing, and again, it's probably not 500 Science, kilometers. Yeah. Um, you have to account for spacing. But as the first truck hit Ontario, the last truck was hitting the beginning of Manitoba. Yeah, meaning, I saw that. Meaning yeah. the spread of Manitoba is 480 kilometers. Is that right? Yeah. Um, and now I was hearing, in again, as somebody from London, I, I understand... People were there, and it was a lot more chopped up than it, it would have been otherwise. But but the London portion of it was... We're, we're getting reports that it reached from London to Kingston, which is now 600 kilometers. Right. Now, I... Well, that's, I, a, that's a different convoy entirely, though, right? Is it? Yeah, so you got the one coming from the west, which is coming up. They went through they Sudbury. They went through Thunder Bay. Up is, that, yeah, yeah, I think they were ending in Sudbury today. Oh, okay. And then from Sudbury, basically, it's a straight shot to Ottawa. So then you've got the Windsor one that was apparently circling in the area. Picking up Americans, too. Yeah, and for the last few days, and then they started to come up today. That makes... See, again, my geography, not the greatest. Um, well, I'm really good at geography. I uh, <laughs> Yeah, because I found it troubling, because like, the London one was a lot more chopped up than we've seen the West. Okay. Um, yeah, and that would make sense. There's, first of all, a lot more through traffic on the 401. Right. You're talking like the most... Well, Trans-Canada is largely dead. 
well, uh, at least on like bumper to bumper traffic. Right. Yeah, you don't see that. Um, not until you hit some of the major cities. Um, but but yeah, certainly. I mean, the four hundred one. You're gonna have massive amounts of regular traffic mixed in so it would be hard to actually parse out what was right. what and i think that's somewhat true on the larger convoy coming from the west as well oh for sure it's um, a, I, I would not take that as face value and say it's 480 kilometers it's a very rough <coughs> way to measure right um you don't account for way too many variables um but the fact is that size is still i have seen some credible reports saying that it took them two hours to get through um What's the city? Oh, man, it's going to bug me. Anyway, uh, early when you enter Ontario, there's a small city. starts with a D. They um, took them two hours to get through that city. That's insane. Uh, so not, and that's not like this is typical bumper-to-bumper traffic. So they're going to be moving slower than usual. Yeah. They're not going 100 kilometers an hour. But still, even... But, no, I mean, imagine they're going... 30 kilometers an hour right which i think they're going faster than that but then you're talking about at least 60 kilometers long yeah so i mean they're probably going closer to 50 kilometers an hour well they average. had they had planes and, and <clears throat> uh, i i uh the 480 kilometers is, is there's a lot of problems with that ma- math um but more legitimate earlier measurements yeah. So it is under. If it goes to 500 kilometers, it, it could. Um, but previously, they had fairly accurate ones, putting it at 75 kilometers and yeah, then up yeah, to yeah. 100. Yeah. So and, and realistically, we don't have any. Um, well, the totality of it, we won't, <coughs> we won't know till Ottawa. Right. Because it's coming from every direction. Right. And that that that's sort of the apprehension I have. Listen, I hope it's the be- I hope it's huge. I and think, I, and I think it's going to be large either way. But I think as somebody in Ottawa, or as somebody in Ontario, um, knowing the people I know in the West, I think what you're about to find out is just how bad the West want out. Because the West are showing up. Well, I tell you what. if There's companies it, in the West that paid their, their truckers to drive out here. We, we've been optimistic about... We, we were talking about the optimistic scenario of how this turns out. You know, they all get in, it all works out. And they manage to affect some real change. The alternative is that there's either holdups and they don't really get in, or they get in, but they're not even able to affect any change. Everything stays the same. They just ignore them. Eventually, it fizzles away. We're which is also a real, it's a real possibility. Yep. And, I mean, if you've removed all other options at that point. Oh, I think even it, without the separations on the table. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I and I would just I would wish the West the best. I <laughs> I would left. I would be waving to Ontario from Alberta. Right. I actually had this conversation with my wife not long ago. I'm I'm genuinely looking at leaving Ontario. Um I'm the type to fight as long as I can. Yeah. But no, I that's a, that's a new one for you. I have a family uh, and I, I don't think I'd ever leave the country. I think that's a fight I would stand to the death I on. I would. <laughs> I don't think I'd leave, I'd give up on Canada, necessarily, uh, as I talk about moving to a separatist colony. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I, I had the conversation with my wife, and I think if I could find set-up employment, I think, given the tax codes and just the atmosphere, the, the flavor for 
basic rights. And they're not significantly better, but they There's a noticeable difference. Right. Um people are great. My so a lot of, my whole family comes from Alberta. Edmonton on my mom's side, Calgary on my dad's side. Uh my brother who grew up in London with me, he moved out there for school, uh, post-secondary, and he's been out there since. You know, he's got a wife and kids now. and So I got a lot of roots in Alberta. If I was going to stay in Canada but leave Ontario, that's definitely where I would go. Um, I'm, not, uh, I'm not trying to... You know, say maybe it's a little bit weak of me to point this out, but I the cold there, man. It it is winter for eight months of the year. No, I mean seven months of the year. It's cold. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm a golfer, I s- and, and I'm I listening get, to this looking at my motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. I I'm a golfer. I get seven good months of golf in here in Ontario. But in Alberta, you're lucky if you're getting five. Yeah, I, I mean, I snowboard. I play hockey when I'm legally oh, there's allowed lot, to. There's lots of good winter w- rack out there when I can legally play hockey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I, yeah, I think I would make the move if I had to. Um, but I don't know. We'll see what comes. We'll see, and you know, again, bringing it back to the trucker thing. I mean, this there. It's somewhat an act of desperation as well. Oh, yeah. And, and, and if and this I doesn't really work... I really do see this as the last attempt of a grassroots pushback, and it may, first and last almost. I mean, I know there's been a lot of... Uh, there, there have been a lot of protests. There have been a lot of uh, pushback individually and separately around the country that have gotten no media attention. But this is sort of... It seems like it's the one cumulative push that everyone's trying to make and i could be wrong maybe maybe this is the first of many i tend to see this as the first and last i think you're right there's one there's i think there's one round in this <coughs> this chamber i think the the cost alone uh to try and do this has been astronomical i mean what it's six and a half million dollars uh, the last i checked it was it was just over six and a half million raised on the gofundme you're not going to get that kind of money raised again you're not going to get people traveling across the country again. No, and I to make it not to not to take a turn for the dark side, um, but say this has no impact and it it stays peaceful and it doesn't result in change. I think at that point, that's when I think things get violent, and I think there's no avoiding it. I think yeah, you you're this is a desperate person's last attempt to do things within the system before the system is unsalvageable um how long will you alienate people uh and and subjugate them with and and just make them feel like they have not even feel to just show them they have no power and no influence over their day-to-day life yeah over their kids upbringing right you're gonna get a huge chunk of the people that just become defeatist and accept whatever tyranny is to come and then you're gonna have a chunk of the people that will form a unfortunate resistance in that point. Yeah, and I, and I don't know what the prospects of that resistance are going to look like in Canada. Again, we we kind of touched on this, but you know, I don't see that core resistance being strong enough to to fight 
I itself think, out unless unless it does become like a regional stand-up. I like think it'll the be West. a separatist moment. Yeah, and, and I think that's just and, out of, and frankly, if if the West leaves, you know, Quebec's going to be like, listen, we've been doing this for years. We're leaving. <laughs> like, well, they they would have no choice because yeah, the West so, is what funds them. Yeah. So 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 Quebec would leave. That would leave the Maritimes isolated. And They'd by the way, Quebec, a, I was going to say a good chunk of uh, New Brunswick in particular is uh, French Canadian. Uh, you know, more than half of the land, uh, square land of Newfoundland is actually on in Quebec, basically, with Labrador. Uh, yeah, I could see them joining Quebec. And then you'd have Ontario. You mean northern Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't see us getting that far. I actually don't see I don't see a situation where nothing happens. I think I genuinely think either we win or we lose, and even in a loss, it's gonna be a win because they're gonna overreact and it's gonna it's gonna shake people to their core. Yeah. I mean may, may, maybe that will ultimately be the thing is if this can be success it, it'll most be successful in swaying those holdouts in the public to get you above that 50% because it's crazy, but at least 50% of the country is still willing to follow along with all these rules. Well, yeah, and that, that gets me, we're, we're coming over an hour now, so uh, we're, we'll look at closing it out soon. Um, but that kind of brings me to how I wanted to end it, and it was, we need to talk about so we're not going to, the, we can't go to the protest. Um, we've shown our support and we've, we've done more than enough on the back end. Um, but how, say this ends. Say next weekend, the weekend after, it's, it's not there anymore. How do we carry forward that, that spark that they've lit, hopefully, across the country? Um, and I know there's a, there's a moment where they're, they're pushing for businesses to just open on the 29th. And that's truly it. We need to unite in non-compliance. Uh, and I that that sometimes and this is where it gets tough is sometimes there's a cost to that. Uh, I don't. I certainly don't mean people need to disobey their work mandates and get fired. Uh, right. Nobody's asking you to self-sacrifice to the extreme. Um, but if it means like like myself, I'll put myself on the hot seat. I largely don't wear my mask outside of work. There are certain times where I'm like, hey, I really don't want to deal with Karen at the dollar store, so I'm just gonna put it on and be easy. No, we gotta stop that. I hear you. So I'm in a similar boat. I know you've been doing that for a while, not wearing your masks, uh, your mask for, for the most part. I have started that recently, and I'll tell you why, actually. Um, I have never liked the masks. I've always thought, you know, early on I thought, okay, well, maybe it'll help. It seemed st- stood to reason that it could possibly help. Um, but then as time went on, it became very clear that it, that it was not helping, and I also only kind of would have been okay with it if it was a very temporary measure. And I'm talking less than two months. But now we're on two years. And I've gone from thinking that the mask is sort of a minor inconvenience, that I don't really like it, but whatever, to thinking that it's actually one of the most sinister aspects of everything that we've done for two reasons. Uh, number one, I think, is a symbol of our compliance. Oh, when, yeah. It's when, a constant reminder that... Yeah. So when you when you go walk into, say, the mall, and throughout your, you know, you walk through the mall for 
an hour and you're going to see probably 500 people. When 499 of those people are all wearing their masks, you know, it, it it's just a symbol that this is, we're all complying, so get in line. Uh, so it's a symbol of non-compliance, uh, of, of the compliance, that's number one. Number two, and this is the one that hit home the most for me, is what this is doing to our kids. The normalization for young kids in particular of not seeing strangers' faces. Strangers who usually when they see kids are smiling and wanting to interact. And even if they're doing that behind the mask, the kids don't see this. I've got a young daughter. She's just turned 15 months. And, you know, early on I wasn't too concerned because, you know, she's under six months, she's not even really paying attention to what's going on outside of her stroller if we've got her out in public. But as time went on, you know, she she is aware of the people and her environment. And we used to, you know, we'd put our mask on ourselves uh, when we'd go in. Of course, she's not wearing one. But, you know, if we were holding her, her first instinct right away was to rip the mask off of us. You know, because she's like, what do you, you know? It's just something to do. It rips it off. Wants to see our face. Well, now she doesn't do that. She, like we we walk through the mall, and if I'm holding her, she just takes it as a given that me and everybody else around me is wearing a mask when we're in public. And that's when it really started to hit home for me, and I've switched over to not wearing a mask it's actually anytime really, I can. It's actually really funny because there's there's a sad group of parents, and I don't care. I don't care. I will shame people. I am not above it. Oh, if you're, if you're, if you're masking your, your kids wear masks, you're, yeah. no, you, you are a different kind of sick. And I feel sorry for you. Um, but it's it's funny as I'm in places without a mask, kids with decent parents who don't put a mask on their kid, um, they'll react extra over the top with me. And I always will go out of my way to smile and react and show them facial expressions because that's a normal thing. It's it, I I think people are kidding themselves if they don't realize that to see people's full face, not just their eyes, but their full facial expressions is huge in the development of young kids in particular. Right, and again, all of this... The I'm masks, talking six the and under. The masks don't even work. And like, no, there's of course plenty not. Of science it's all silly. We're not we going to relitigate that. that. Uh, we're not going to relitigate that. And like, for the people that get mad at me, it's like, oh, like you're selfish. No, like you're selfish to sacrifice so much for no purpose. Like, it's not benefiting anything. Yeah, you're not saving anyone. You're not protecting. If you're not sick, you're not stopping from getting other people sick because you couldn't have anyway. Yeah. Um. So no, like it, we have to get to a point. We have to get to a point where united non-compliance is a thing. And you're not going to get everyone. But you're as you do it, you're going to encourage more people. Yeah. And as you, you take... Man, risk getting kicked out of a store. I hate Canadian Tire in town here. They are brutal. They've kicked so many people out. For, I don't care. I will go in. And and the same with the passports. I will... As of now, I am done. I'm done fucking around. I'm sorry for the language. If, hopefully your kids didn't listen this long in. <laughs> um, I'm done fucking around. I understand they're trying to put these passports in place. That's fine. And it's so easy for the government to wave their wand and say, hey, this is your job to do now. And people take it from above and say, this is just what we do. No, you, it is time we act as a mirror to these people to show them the moral injustice that's happening. Because it's one thing, we just don't go. 
I don't go to a restaurant, so I'm not denied. Because I don't want to be denied. That's embarrassing. No, it's not. We have to get to a point where we force this 16-year-old kid who has no morals and no ethics and doesn't understand. We force them to turn away a family. Right. Same with Quebec. You've got grocery stores and pharmacies. Now you need to be escorted. Force them to turn you away. You need to act as the mirror to these people's soul. Because otherwise they will not see the depravity in where they've been led. The tough, the tough thing with that is one of the things that would hit home the most would be to, you know, take your whole family. But it's it, and, and you know, may, maybe it's good to show kids this your kids standing up, you standing up for your your rights. But it's it's also tough to take your kids through the experience of being kicked out of something. So so. You know, I have been vaccinated. I could, I, I downloaded my my QR code just to upload to work, and I've never used it again. I don't have that app or whatever yeah. you use. I I've refused to go to places that require it. Um, but yeah, maybe maybe you're right. You know, like you put them to the task, and I could still do it by just not ever showing it. Right. Exactly. Well, and people people that are in this spot may not even be the type. To want to do this. No, but, but it's but if their you, job. But you have to... For, and, like, they're not in a situation where they're having to f- reflect on it. But we need to we need to engage in those interactions and force the internal reflection. Um, especially... It's it's easier for, for big box places. But, like, you go to a small small store. And, in, and you just be like, Hey, I understand. You're struggling. I am here with money. I want to eat. We can... You can turn me away, but I want you to look me in the eye and turn me away. I'm not just on the, I'm not on the keyboard. I'm not behind a screen. I'm a real human being in front of you, and I need you to process this in front of me. I need you to process it so that hopefully you go home and that sits on you. And that happens enough times that it becomes a mirror yeah. that, that they slowly wake up from, from how dark they've been led. I, I, totally hear you and actually I, I haven't heard that strategy yet and that does resonate with me and yeah you know maybe, maybe that is something we'll have to do i can tell you it, it will be hard um as i've started to not wear masks in public i feel apprehension and i'm a grown man i can i can deal with things with conflict but at the same time I'm walking through a public establishment, Walmart or whatever, grocery store. I'm not wearing my mask and you feel like every eyes are every eye is on you. I try not to make direct eye contact too long with anybody unless I immediately see that it's sort of a, a pleasant eye contact because every once in a while you see people kind of go, "Oh, look, I like that you're not wearing a mask." Cuz I'm sure that some sizable minority of the public... If they dropped the rules tomorrow, no one would have it on. Like, 10%. 10% of people would keep it for a long time, I think. But, um... Nobody wants And I would feel bad for them. But, but no, I mean, I'm walking through the mall, and I'm thinking, how am I going to react if somebody says something? What am I going to say? Am I going to overreact? Because I don't want to overreact and just be an ass. Am I going to underreact and, like, you know, oh, like, quickly put my mask back on? Because usually I still have it on me. But... 
and now honestly it's never come up i've never actually been challenged on it except for maybe one time i was at the grocery store and some young guy actually i think he said something about my mask or something and i just kind of kept walking and kind of went oh what and then just kept walking yeah and didn't even last time i got challenged on it was december of two years ago now so not like last month, but the the December like a year of, and a bit ago, right? Yeah, uh, I haven't been challenged since. I have a different this. This might be. See, the, I've only been doing it for like the last two months. I've, largely, and don't get me wrong, I'm not irresponsible. If I am like, there's been times in the last year and a bit I've been sick, not deathly ill. Yeah, yeah. But if I'm stuffed up, you know what? I'll take. Oh, fuck it. I'll put the mask on. I don't want to actually be an asshole. If yeah. I'm not feeling great, we've got. We are in a pandemic. I will take understandable precautions. Yeah, if I'm sick, I'll usually stay Like, if I'm home. actually sick, I'll stay home. But, like, if I'm stuffy... Yeah. Yeah, I'll still put it on. I'm, whatever. I just... I do want to be safe. Yeah. But if I'm not symptomatic and I haven't had any reason to work... And I test twice a week on top of it. <laughs> yeah, you're the least dangerous <laughs> um, person around. <laughs> right. So, like... But, like, I've had... I've had a couple bad ones really early on. And I... Again, I've been doing this for a while. Um, but lately, I've only had good ones... My strategy, though, and again, this it helps you and everyone listening, possibly, because we don't, we all need to do this. This yeah. needs to happen way more often than it I've is. been advocating it to as many people. Like as I, I can. see, like two people in a month without it in the oh, grocery store. Oh, it's super rare. It's bad, but um, we need to start doing it to encourage people. Um, but to get to your point, if you do come into it, I'm like hyper. You would never get this from me because, like, I can be abrasive and I'm a very say it like it is. I'm so friggin' polite. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if somebody makes eye contact, I will speak. It's like, I won't wait. How are you today? Like, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Like, hyper polite. And I have the image, like, I, I don't want to talk to people. I'm I'm a country boy. Like, I don't I don't come off as hyper polite. But, right. But I present as hyper polite. And it, it tips the balance where people might come into it semi-hostile. But then, oh, shit, you've, like, overcompensated by being so polite. Why well, can't, I can't. He's a nice person. I can't be mean. Yeah, yeah. So at, at worst, you might take kill somebody... Kill him with kindness. Right, thing, right, kill him with kindness. You <laughs> might take somebody who might be uh, angry about it and just put them to neutral. They might say nothing yeah. to you. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I would say um, try to give people the benefit of the doubt. If you're new at this and you're going to start trying to not wear your mask, give people the benefit of the doubt because, uh, you know, sometimes you're gonna. it's going to be very clear if somebody's going after you. Right. You know, other times you're gonna like, and and if your experience is anything like mine, you're gonna be feeling all this apprehension, apprehension, and you're gonna be thinking, you know, how am I gonna react? And and it is nerve wracking. And then somebody will say something to you, and you may not hear it clearly, and you're gonna think that yeah. they were challenging you about your mask. So like, if for instance, I was walking through the mall, White Oaks Mall, and walking with my daughter who's you know really young but tromping around the mall and this older man starts to say something to me as i'm not wearing my mask and of course the first i didn't quite hear him but my first thought is is oh he's going to be going after me about my mask so i said sorry but i took the time and said sorry what was that and he was actually just asking how old my daughter was hmm. and, and i just and you know he smiled at me and like he was so happy to see her running around and I mean, thank goodness I didn't just take it as, like, you know, right. him, him being rude. Because then look at the face that that puts on 
the people who aren't wearing their mask. Right. If you if you come across as right. an asshole. and if you do come across like I kill him with kindness for the people that are that are neutral or you can't really get a gauge on it. Um, if and walk some, away if they're being. Don't rude. even engage. Like yeah. I've I've literally gone in. <clears throat> LCBO is bad for it. Um, for a while they had security guards at the front door. Yeah. Uh, and it would happen to me where they'd be like, "Oh, you need a mask." Okay. And just keep walking. Yeah. Like, don't engage. Don't have a conversation. Acknowledge him. Okay. Just keep going. Yeah. Are you going to physically remove me? I will. Okay. We They're just going to arrest you. Right. Usually. Like, give me a ticket. Usually. Call the cops. It happens. Trespass me. Do whatever. Do what you have to do. Like, uh, again, as a mirror to your soul, do what you have to do and I will deal with my own fallout. Right. I will go to court. I will make my case. I will declare my exemption. And I will go on about my day. It's not, it's not any sweat off my back. So I don't need to get worked up with a security guard. Right. Or if you're dealing with a hostile person, it's not worth it. Because you're absolutely right. You paint a face on, on the, the group that thinks the way we do, and it, it's not helpful. But just, right. just carry on. And, and, and if you're not comfortable, like, you know, getting kicked out of a store, have the mask on you, have it in a pocket, and if you really have to, Play put down. it back on. But what you're doing when you walk around without a mask is you're signaling to other people, listen, it's okay. I'm in here. I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not getting kicked out. No. I'm not being harassed. And you're removing and it, the power. And 100%, like, I, I've said this to some people, if you walked in to a store and you saw 10% of people in the store not wearing a mask, you'd immediately take off the mask. Because you'd go, oh, we, we don't have to do this anymore, right? Right. But when 99.9% .9 of people are wearing the mask, it is hard. So, start baby steps... Yeah, I, I really like for my Canadian listeners here. Real Canadian superstore. I have been in some of the most liberal towns. Supercenter has not overstepped anywhere on masking, and I mean anywhere. I have never been accosted by anyone in superstore. It is single-handedly the safest place you can go without a mask. Yeah. Um. One because it's a grocery store, and ultimately they're not going to stop you from getting food. Two, their, their corporate culture seems to not have been given a direction. Like, Canadian Tire, probably one of the most dangerous places. Yeah. We've seen, we've seen assaults happen in Canadian Tires. Costco. Right. But Superstore, really easy one. And I, I can honestly say that across the board. It has been a genuine pleasure to get groceries at Superstore without hassle. That's good. Um, start and, and find a place that you find safe. Uh, and again, yeah, take one with you. Play dumb if you have to. You don't even have to have the courage right away to own it. Oh, just, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. It slipped my mind. I, I'm riding that middle ground right now. Right. I am myself. Because it, it is, it is. It's baby steps. Uh, yeah, I'm not pretending like I'm like some sort of lion heart here. It, uh, it sounds so ridiculous to say that walking in public without covering your face is some sort of feat. But once you try it, you'll see it is hard. I get to the point where I'm like, I wish, I wish someone would. Yeah, well, you, you're seasoned. Now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're war, you're uh, battle hardened. But uh, no, honestly, I've been doing it. Not, I try not to do it when I'm with my kids. Because right. again, this is, and this is, I speak to this. I'm like, we have to, we have to push our own comfort zones. I have to, I have to risk that. Um, but I try not. I don't want to create a scene in front of my kids. Um, my kid knows my stance on my on the masking, and like when he comes out of school, like if he's still got it on outside, I'm like, buddy, like put it in your bag. Uh, he knows, like, and we, we. This is the thing as a parent, it's really tough. We talk like because he knows I don't wear a mask to the store, and he isn't that against the law, isn't that against the rules? And we had to sit down and say, 
okay, like, sometimes, and this is something I was never taught, is sometimes you have to disobey bad rules. I was never taught that. I, I used the analogy. I said to him, I said... Maybe my parents never thought that I would have to know this, that type of thing. This kid made me cry. Yeah. Uh, I said to him, I said, if there was a law tomorrow that said you had to beat up every Jacob, there was. If, I, if somebody was named Jacob, you had to beat him up. I said, what would you do? If that was the, if that was the rule. Well, he's like, I'd, I'd find every kid named Jacob and I'd, I'd be friends with him. And I'm like, that's this is the type of child I want to raise. Right. And I told him, I, I said, we have to compromise. Like we at school, we can't we can't pick that fight. But I said, I'm like, yeah, if, at if, work I don't. If yeah. no, I, ca- I can't I can't afford it. I've already fought some strategic fights at yeah. work. Yeah. Um, I can't I can't afford to lose it at work. Um, but I can afford it everywhere else. Right. Um, you can afford to be kicked out of a store. Yeah. E- even the the. The embarrassment, the, the embarrassment the that comes ticket. along with that. I can afford a few of them tickets. And I mean, well, I, I mean, honestly, if, if they're, if you think that the cops are being involved, my recommendation is just to not run, but walk no, move see, quickly out of the street. That's where, that's see, where you, I wish maybe I would. Maybe this is where you're pushing the... Because uh, I'm the articulate. Abrasiveness. I'm articulate so. and I'm in conviction. So I, I think, given the, the right person, I think I can get a read and make a good case. If you can't afford... I can't either way. If, if, either no. way, I can afford it. No, but if you can't afford, yeah, if, a you ticket, don't, you don't, don't have to fight that far. Don't sacrifice but, your. But well-being. that would be the goal: is to work towards that. Yeah. Because because the average person listening to this, by the time you get to that level, we've we've gotten to the point where it's done. Yeah. Because we we don't need. We just need to show people that you don't need to continuously listen to ridiculous things because the government said so. Right. Uh, I I don't know the last time I was fired from a job for not wearing a seatbelt. Jeez. Right. Like there's certain laws that shouldn't carry the weight it does. Well, you know, it's funny. One of my one of the things I hear often about the masks and everything is like, oh, well, you wear a seatbelt all the time, and it's like, listen, I don't. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But uh, I mean, uh, if I'm doing a short little thing around, I I sometimes don't I actually bother. should. The I, thing I, is, it beeps at me all the I'm time. I'm a country guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I wear it the majority of the time, but the reality is, is if you're driving 60 kilometers an hour and somebody else is driving 60 kilometers an hour, if you guys impact it head on, you're hitting with 120 kilometers of force. That's some serious damage that can happen there. But if the speed limit everywhere was 10 kilometers an hour, and that's the amount of risk that you're taking every time you get in the car which is about the amount of risk that i'm accepting by say not wearing a mask or whatever i mean not wearing a mask masks do nothing but uh but say it was not getting vaccinated well then no i I wouldn't wear my seatbelt if i was only ever going to drive 10 kilometers an hour Right. Now, if you were somebody who was in a car that drove 100 kilometers an hour, I would tell you, yeah, you should wear your seatbelt. Right. Well, I think... <laughs> I you know think what I mean? To but, take the direction you're trying but to I, go. I'm in the situation where I'm in a car that's driving 10 kilometers an hour. That's the level of risk I'm at. Say, Why would I wear a seatbelt? To, to just to frame this in a way that we can correlate it really well is, say you're right, but pick a constant speed. 60K is the, is this, and you're hitting a wall. Your car was made in 1990, like you were. Right. Or your car was made in 1920. Which car would probably need more protection? Right. Same thing. So the, the vaccines are a great comparison to a really old car or a really old person. You want the safety if, if your risk is fairly high. 
Right. Um, and the difference is, like, as with seatbelts, okay, it's, you're putting yourself at risk. And I would argue this is where my, my I'm not quite conservative, I'm more aggressively libertarian in the, the scope creep of seatbelt laws. Is, oh, they shouldn't be a thing. Why is it the government can punish me for placing myself at risk? You don't get a ticket if you attempt suicide or you go snowboarding and you break your arm. You took those or you risks. Smoke cigarettes or whatever. Right. Yeah. You took those risks and you hurt yourself. Yeah. Just like seatbelts, you took those risks and you hurt yourself. And the 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 theoretical uh, extra risk that you might pose to somebody else in the car by not wearing your seatbelt, i.e. like you get into an accident and you go flying into that person or something, is so low as to be laughably right laughably something taken seriously like bury me with a clown nose because then you just shot right. me out of a cannon <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no i mean it, the the seatbelts thing bugs me when people say that too it's like listen if, if we were all driving 10 kilometers or or if let's say 80 percent of the population was only ever going to drive 10 kilometers an hour they shouldn't have to be forced to wear no a seatbelt and frankly Neither should the people who are driving fast, but at the same time, because they're not really a risk to anybody well, but it's, themselves. Well, it's not, in my perspective, it's not the government's place to regulate and enforce laws that you are the only victim. You are the person in charge of the input and the output. Yeah. Um, so again, maybe this speaks to why I was always predestined to take the stances I take. I just think of the government's role in my life very differently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how we do it. You need, regardless of what happens this weekend with the trucker protest, and I hope to God it's good. I hope. Me too. I Me hope too. I'm sending all my thoughts and, you know, my energy and prayers that way. Um, I, I really, really hope it, it makes a difference, not necessarily on the policy level right away. I want to see Trudeau resign. Oh I want to see this. I'd I want to see this. To see him get chased world out. Changing. I don't know how that. I'd love to also see this get picked up. Australia I've heard Australia started one. I could see Southern uh, American states that are still in sort of lockdown I situations. Think, I think there's it. a chance you could see states boycott. State. Truckers would just boycott states. Like, say, we're not going to California anymore. Yeah, the thing is, is people are ultimately going to go where they're going to make money, and if you're going to make money, especially out of coming out of California, because they got a lot of exports and imports, frankly. But yeah, anyway, either way, I could see this trucker thing being a really effective tool. Yeah, Yeah. and Canada's. The world is watching. Oh, on a level people don't even understand. Yeah. We've been on Fox News for the last, like, three days in a row. Everybody's talking about it. Europeans, uh, the British, uh, Australians and New Zealanders are paying attention. Um, it It's... Listen, it's going to be what it's going to be, and either way, uh, I wish all of the people who have participated or organized this the best they're they're wonderful people who we sorely need no matter how this turns out but dear god i hope it turns out well yeah yeah i I hope i hope it goes well um like i said this week uh we're doing things different i'm not 
gonna re I'm gonna release this ideally tomorrow uh, if I can get this done tonight quick enough um, and then we'll have this out for the weekend and then I'm going to check back in next week uh, and count the chips see where they fell um, in the meantime guys I hope you uh, I hope you enjoyed it thanks for joining me once again thanks for having me again uh, and don't forget guys uh, pay the fee if uh, you like the conversation if we touched on topics that uh, were value all we ask is you uh, share it with somebody who might uh, also value it all right everyone cheers en enjoy your weekend and uh, stay free Sound asleep Something's gonna break